Bounce from the passengers, if you travel to Gloucester Road Station, change here, take a district line train. Pickley line trains are not stopping at Gloucester Road Station until mid-December. The next station this train will be stopping at is South Kensington. Next stop for this train is... Radio Show, and here is the studio orchestra of the Spud Goodman Show, sartorially regaled in sequined jumpsuit and cantilevered pompadour, the world's only accordion-playing Elvis impersonator, Accordion Joe! Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy, he calls to you who, the social outcast, yes, you who are rejected. He wants you, he needs you, he loves you. Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy. Here comes the Spud Man. It's the Spud Goodman Show. Let's get ready, Trumbo. And here he is, the head cheese meister. It's Spud Goodman. Greetings. I am Spud Goodman. Spud <laughs> man. Yeah, thank, thanks for checking in with us tonight. With me is the show's uh, temporary permanent co-host, Gerald Holcomb. Say something to fill a bit of airtime, if you would. You, r- really? Yeah. You, you, you want me to help with the show's opening? Wow. I guess. Well, okay, okay, Spud, what <laughs> would you like me to say here? I haven't prepared anything, and I don't want to blow right, this up. Like, like right now, I don't really care. Just, just oh. say something and try not to make it sound so stupid. But you, you don't seem yourself right now. Uh, you know, I had noticed at our staff meeting this week, you looked a bit down. Y- your body language said something was going on with you. Can I ask what seems to be bothering you? You know, that's the thing. I, I just can't put my finger on it. Hmm. Usually when I'm a bit bummed out, you know, it's, it's because maybe I got a nasty get lost email from somebody I was dating or maybe hmm. another overdraft notice from my bank. But this is different. Hmm. Let, let me ask you if you experience these same types of feelings at other times of the year, like the spring or summer. You know, probably not. It's, it's fairly nice outside and doesn't get dark at like 3.45 in the afternoon. And this part of the country, man, it doesn't stop raining until May. Mm-hmm. That is messed up, yo. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you start experiencing feeling a bit down maybe yeah. around the point daylight savings time goes back to standard time. Yeah. Like around November and continuing into late spring. Well, pretty much. Okay. How'd you know? Hmm. You know, it's been this way for like the last 20 years or so for me. Do, do you think I have some, like some serious disease? If so, I have well. to like get off my butt and get my bucket list going because it's really, really long and I'm going to need probably to get a loan from one of those you know, rip-off places that charge like 45% interest or something to, oh. to pay for all the stuff I want to do before I sign off for good. No way. My bank, Wells Fargo, is going to loan me money to ensure my happiness. They're cold-blooded. Well, uh, you know what? I don't think you're suffering from anything serious, but it sounds to me like you are experiencing a case of seasonal affective disorder. It's actually very common, and it's nothing to get too alarmed about. Uh, My brother's had it for years. Spud, nothing to be ashamed of here. Seasonal affective disorder is something you need not fear. 
Try treating it with an occasional beer while in the company of a favorite peer. Just make sure no firearm is near. You know, if, if I'm going to have something, just once it would be cool for it to be something really special, something only me has. And, uh, and medical people from all around the world would come and interview me like I was a guest on their show. Right. You do know that no one has ever asked to interview me, Spud Goodman. How weak is that? That's like number 17 on my bucket list. Well, you know, I could interview any, you anytime uh, you wish. You just let me know, and, I, and that one can be scratched off your bucket list. Right now, no, if you want No, I mean, being I, interviewed I by you would not cut it. I, oh. I'm talking about like a real professional who only deals pro- with important people, mm. not some temporary co-host, man. Well, temporary permanent co-host, Spud. But my point is, you're probably just fine, and a little attention to your case of seasonal affective disorder should take care of the problem. You don't know that for sure. I mean, I could have a really serious case of this seasonal disease. Don't try and minimize my malady. I I sense you're a bit jealous of my condition right now, and you're trying to, like, direct the spotlight back to you. trying to help. You must know that is wrong on so many levels. So right now, I just need to play some music. So hold your tongue and let me announce this song, all right? All right. All right this band played on our Foxnet show way back. Um, yeah, it's the Geraldine Fibbers. And this song is titled Toy Box, which was released on their 1997 album Butch on Virgin Records. So here's Carla and her band live for you right now.
is the Spud Goodman Radio Show. Uh, this is Ed Asner. Spud Goodman, you're a genuine national treasure. And I hope in the future that the company will hoist the flag up yours and fly you proudly at the top of the mast. Uh, Spud, he's on the line. Your first guest, Eric Braden, is holding for you. This is so impressive. Victor is on the Spud Goodman Show. I know. I got to tell you, my wife, Rachel, never listens, unless she's concerned about a guest maybe being a little inappropriate for our tastes. But tonight, she just texted me how excited she is. I would think soap operas would be like off limits for her, given the sexual escapades in most episodes. Well, it's not something she would like to be made public, but she has watched The Young and the Restless since she was in high school. Really? She tapes them each day on the VCR, and between you and me, I think she has a huge crush on Victor. I I mean, Eric. She's always been attracted to a suave and sophisticated man. She still tells me that's what caused her to say yes when I first asked her out on our freshman year date at BYU. Yeah, super. Anyway, I, I can't... I can't see it myself, but I do know that The Young and the Restless is still very popular, and Eric, who plays mm-hmm. Victor, is huge. You have no idea how big this guy is. Oh, yeah. So put him on, please, as maybe you can teach me a few things about women. Ooh. But I, I know I need need to, like, I don't know, uh, get a handle on this uh, this affliction, whatever the heck it is. Uh, you know, guests prefer talk show hosts that are not totally morose. Yeah. Okay, I'm ready. Yeah. Let's do it. I'll get him to you. All right, please welcome to our show Emmy Award-winning daytime actor Eric Braden from the soap opera The Young and the Restless. How you doing tonight? Hey, Spud. What's going on? Well, a little this, a little that. Um, you know, Eric, before we begin, I have to say I learned a few things about you in the daytime drama part of the television industry that I was not aware of. Yeah, I knew you were popular, but the fact is, you're a freaking beetle around the world. I had no idea soap operas were so huge. I mean, everywhere. And You play Victor Newman on The Young and the Restless, and you're a household name and face in the Middle East, South America, throughout Europe, and even in, like, Utah, too. Do you have to, like, wear disguises when you go to the mall? Imagine even in Utah. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? That is amazing. You, can, can, can you go to the mall and not be just, I mean, without a disguise, just straight up and people don't bother you? That's it. No, I mean, it's, it's look, people are very pleasant, um, very nice. They approach one usually very nicely and with a smile, so uh, everything is cool. All right. Well, I'm, yeah. I'm no expert here, but you and Susan Lucci have to be the two most famous soap opera actors of all time. Did you ever mm. hang out with her ever? I mean, that would require Secret Service protection, I would think. But No idea. Uh, no, no. She and I have not gone out together. All right, all right. Uh, um, no. All right. That's for the record. We got that. On, we got that. Well, I know you've been married for many, many years, uh, but I'm guessing that your security has to stay on their toes, you know, and keeping up with all the women lusting after Victor's empire. Like you know, I'm sure it attracts them. So I, I, you know, is that is that ever been a problem for you? I'm surrounded on a daily basis by at least uh, ten German shepherds. Oh, okay. You know, two or three pit bulls. It's tough. It's tough being. You know what I'm saying? Well, yeah. Right there. You understand that? Absolutely. Well, I don't really understand. To be honest, if I I could say I do, Mm -hmm. but I don't because I I would love to have that problem, but no women ever have in my lifetime have dreamt about some loser radio dude's financial holdings. Listen, around my house, I have a huge moat, and I have alligators in that moat, you know? All right, super. I did not know this. All right. Oh, Oh, yeah. Well, Eric, let's, let's let's talk a little bit about Victor Newman. He is a member of the 1%. Correct? That's the last thing I would like to talk about, but anyway, we can talk about it. Go ahead. 
Well, he's a member of the 1%. Is that an accurate assessment? Is he one of the 1%? Yes, the character is certainly right. Um, who do you think he would be supporting in uh, on the Republican side for president uh, this year? I mean, obvious choice would be Donald Trump. Not right? a not a not a not a single person. Trust me. There you go. All right. Bunch of blunt, bunch of blithering idiots. Wow. The only one worth the only one worth listening to would be Governor Kasich from Ohio, but he ain't going to make it. No, I think he's a little too rational. I think that rational. I would say he's a little bit too rational, don't you? Yes. Isn't that a sad? Isn't that a sad comment on a state of affairs? That that man is too rational. He's a Republican willing to compromise here and there, and these other morons are not. It's it has become so obnoxiously ideological. It's it's not even funny. All right. Well, uh, you know, it's, about your character again, I wanted to hit you with another part of that. Do, do people? Do people often approach you as you are, in fact, him? Does, like, your paper boy expect, like, a huge holiday tip? Is the, Are people able to separate reality from, from you know, from your character? <laughs> no. I mean, no. No. No, listen. Uh, the mistake you make and the mistake that Hollywood makes very often is to assume that, that uh, there's that unwashed, stupid public out there. People are very sophisticated, far more than you realize. And they're far more um, uh, perceptive of what is wrong with the show. And, and, and uh, trust me, people are far more sophisticated than you and, and everyone who's in, 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 in the public media realizes. We always assume people are not at all. They're very, they're very smart. All right. Well, you know, about your industry, I, I also learned that soap operas are in production year-round, no three months off like most network series, you know, as, as there's so many moving parts in a daytime drama. What happens yeah. when someone calls in sick or doesn't feel like showing up for work? Because the viewers all know the character's like family, so understudies won't work. So how the hell do you deal with uh, issues? That that's, a, that's, that's a very good question. It is, um, uh, let me just say this, it is the hardest medium in Hollywood, period. Uh, to do a nighttime series is a cinch, to do a film is a cinch. Uh, there are other difficulties, of course, but uh, what we do is that for an actor, the toughest thing there is. We learn, and I learn between 10 and as many as 62 pages a day. Wow. Uh, an average of 30, 25, 30, 35, 40, 50, depending on what workload we have. And uh, to answer your question, when someone gets sick, um, well, you know, tough It's 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 you try not to get sick and you work as long as it is possible. Spud, yes. it, the working conditions on a soap opera are very similar to doing this radio show. Say so, so what again? Uh, I mean, I feel extreme pressure when I'm ill, but I know that the show's counting on me, so I have to overcome whatever physical ailment that I'm suffering for the good of the show. Um, Has always been thus. The show would be just fine if you had to call in sick. You're a co-host. Okay, well, next time you feel a cold coming on or, or hell when your hemorrhoids are acting up, feel free to stay home. This show will be just fine without you. Uh, well, thank you for trying to alleviate my guilt if I should have to miss a show due to illness. But I want you to know, it would have to be a life-threatening situation for me to let you and the show down by not coming to work. Look, we have two interns, okay? The show will survive just fine with any warm body in your spot. I mean, really all you do here is see if our guests are holding on the phone to speak with me. That and maybe get me a new bottle of Pepto-Bismol when I need one. Again, I do appreciate you trying to make my workplace a stress-free environment by minimizing my job duties, but I know how essential I am to the operation. That's obnoxious. And I can assure you, I will always be here for you. Thank you, I guess. Now let me get back to Eric, okay? Oh, right. Okay, I'm back. Sorry about that, Eric. Oh, sure. 
Well, this is a question I ask most actors in film and TV. How are the uh, craft services on your show, The Young and the Restless? Say, compared to a nighttime network drama or sitcom, do they serve decent food? Almost, almost. The craft services are almost non-existent. Uh, in daytime, they cut corners left and right to trim the budget, wow. you know. Uh, they always find new ways to trim it, so no craft services. That is no. not this super. Is, is, I'm telling you, it is the hardest medium in this town, period. Dang, it sounds like boot camp. Uh, I'm, I'm telling you, it's tough. At most nighttime or film actors were shooting their hands if they came on and then had to face 20 or 30 pages and do them one or two takes. Do you kind of look down your nose a little bit on those prima donnas working at night? Because, my gosh. Oh, totally. Yeah. No, they have no clue. They have no clue. Yeah. And there's a, there's a certain condescension in, in nighttime or film business towards daytime. People have no clue what that is all about. They, they really don't know. We shoot, listen to this, we do at least 80 pages a day, 8-0 a day, right? And we often do 100, 120 pages a day. A nighttime TV series on average does between 8 and 12 pages a day. A film like Titanic did 1, 2, 3 pages a day, okay? We do 80 at least a day, day in, day out. Do you know what that means for the crew? It's just extraordinary. Yeah, they have no family yeah. life. <laughs> Dang. Wow. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, of course, prior to you taking on your, uh, the role uh, on The Young and the Restless, you've been in literally hundreds of movies and television episodes, specifically in film. You've acted with like Marlon Brando, Raquel Welch, among many others. And you're also in some of the coolest TV shows back in the day, like The Man from Uncle, Rap Patrol, and 12 O'Clock High. That's a pretty impressive body of work. Yeah. Yeah. I've been very lucky. You know? Well, the longest I've been unemployed was three months since 1962. So I've been very lucky. That's unheard yeah. of in acting, the acting profession. Uh, more or less, yeah. All right. Yep. Um, off the screen, you're a pretty good athlete, I've been told. A, a talented tennis player, a longtime boxer, and you also play a little soccer, too. So how, how old are you? Because you don't seem to age at all. Did you, did you come across some top-secret Hollywood drink or something? I have amnesia when it comes to age. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Wow. How do you pull? Wow. I, I, I'm very proud of my age. I'm 74 years old. And I was born in 1941 in, in Germany and in the midst of bombs. All right. Well, and I know you're a busy man. I really appreciate you you know, checking in with us tonight as I've enjoyed speaking with you. You know, as anything can happen, uh, it seems like, uh, to characters on soap operas, I hope being on the Spud Goodman show is not like that Sports Illustrated cover jinx and the writers have something bad you know, happen to your character later. I just hope not. So, anyway. <laughs> yeah. All right, then. I want to thank you again very much, Mr. Eric Braden. You're very welcome, Spud. And uh, be cool, brother. All right. I want you to show me your real feelings. I mean, isn't that what I've been doing? No, you've been giving me things. And I want you. For a genuine musical treat, tune in to the, the Spud Goodman, Goodman Show, radio's famous program that takes you on a magic carpet of melody to a world of beauty. 
All right, musical guest interview time. Please say hello to our musical guest, the gentleman of leisure. Uh, please give your official birth name and favorite brand of toothpaste, please. Hey, um, I am Chris Blunt, and I love Colgate. Super. Going to go with Colgate, yeah. Uh, I am Sphinx Akasha, and I dig Arm and Hammer. All right. I guess that's all we're going to get. That's There's five yeah. of you guys. There's five dudes in this band. Yeah. But all right, we'll go with that. that well, with a, with five of you guys, there must be times when the group has to vote on things. Do, do you guys like have a, a mail-in deal, a, a show of hands, a, a voice vote, and then maybe a puff of smoke when everything's tallied? How do you guys make decisions? Um, usually... Text uh, message. Yeah, text Last messaging. Message. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and shadow puppets. Good call, yo. All right, super. <laughs> well, let's discuss the current state of rap, just, just for instance. Uh, Kendrick Lamar was the leader in this year's Grammy nominations. Have we finally seen the last of the days when the Pat Boons of rap clean up? I mean, not referring to Macklemore, by the way, uh-huh. you know, but the Grammys and the AMAs and, you know, I've always kind of been late to the, you know, the, to the real originators of musical genres. You know, how many, how many Grammys did Young MC win, by the way? Do you remember? I, Bust I move? have no clue. Bust a move. Come uh, on. <laughs> uh, Bust, right. a, Bust a move was a classic, yeah, right, but right. yeah, I, I don't think, no. Yeah. yeah. You were slept on. Unsung hero. All right. All right. Yeah, I don't recall him winning anything. He actually did. He did, actually. Grammy. Yeah. Oh, he did. He did. But anyway, moving on. Do any of you guys suffer from that seasonal affective disorder my co-host brought up uh, tonight? Because, I mean, who knew being bummed out by crappy weather was a disorder? I had no idea. Yeah, actually, yeah, that's a thing. That's a thing out here. Ever since I moved out here, it's a a big thing. So um, I actually love the crappy weather. He loves the crappy weather. That's why I moved here. I take and breaks. it only makes common <laughs> sense. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. You too, right, Gary? I, I right. take breaks. Absolutely. All right, super. Yeah. It helps with the music. Okay, well, <laughs> speaking of music, what is the name of the first song you're going to do? Um, it's called Magician's Assistant. All right, I'm very excited to hear it. Let's do it. All right, let's do it. All right, gentlemen. It's hard to see what's on your mind It's like you can't see that I'm there Phantom lingers in the air I'm just a non-trick of the light I'm at a loss of what to do With my hands but cannot catch your gaze the words, but they don't seem to promise you about me. My crystal ball has not to say. You see my hands, and there is nothing on my sleeve. All of my cards are out to see. No parlor tricks for me. I need to know if I can save my rack and all. Did I make you disappear for the final curtain? Apart, and our illusions obscure what we feel. Let me make this one thing clear: there are 
no smoke, no mirrors here. Everything in my heart is real. Is it all just in my mind? Am I seeing more than what is there? Is there a chance you'll still choose me? And everything I've come to see is just projection of my fear. Rise. And now I'm forced to hide the tears I cry. And no one sees the specter of my fear. And now I can do now is try to carry on with all the thoughts that haunt my dreams. around without the doubt and fear and love is what in my heart I want you to commandeer not for the dough you know more than the commandeer you mysteriously rose amongst the crowds I was just hypnotized by your body beauty and smile over time we would travel I love would amaze the crowd you were aroused and wild now you were barely smiling I thought that I was magic to you wish I could abracadabra the pieces to put us back together but lack the voodoo your lack of faith is disturbing darling what happened to you the passion you knew was passive, we don't act like we used to. With good love and turn to awkward discussions. Broken promises circumvented through bluffing. It's an illusion with disillusion for nothing. The big reveal only panics the heart's percussion. I know these conundrums done left me cumbersome. You were more than the one and done. You were my one to one. I could scorch the earth with the purpose to find someone else. But what's the purpose of dealing something with nothing but spirit through smoking mirrors? I just want to see clear. I'm just wanting you near. So now the final act for the rest of my life's career is to give you back what I once made disappear.
This is the Spud Goodman Show. Don't go away or you'll miss the amazing conclusion of the Spud Goodman Radio Show right after this brief timeout. Spud Goodman, let me let me in tears. Spud Goodman, let me for drinking my beers. He takes the spatula and puts it in the pan. And while he does that, I just don't understand. He grabs some pencil to quick relief. His indigestion is beyond belief. Spud Goodman! Spud Goodman! Spud Goodman Show! We now return to more action-packed thrills and excitement on the Spud Goodman Radio Show. You know, Spud, yeah. I, th- I think you're doing a service to the community discussing seasonal affective disorder on the show tonight, as many may not be able to put their finger on why they, too, seem maybe a little irritable or hard to get along with during this time of year. But it really does answer the concerns some of us on the show have had about your volatile temper tantrums lately. And, and, well, and now that we're aware of your condition, you know, it's comforting. I said I was a little sad these days. Yeah. When I get pissed off at you or the others, that has nothing to do with with my disorder or whatever it is. But that's so hot. Are you experiencing any symptoms right now? You know, I your doctor can prescribe medication know. for seasonal affective disorder. I just Googled it here, and it says there are a number of treatment options. Yeah, I don't like to take pills, you know, anymore at all. After hearing on TV of all the side effects, the stuff oh. the pharmaceuticals, you know, are pushing, who would possibly swallow those things with causing your heart to stop, potential kidney failure, blood clotting, a stroke, partial paralysis, erections that last over four hours, diarrhea? What's not to like, right? Well, there. Are, listen, there are other options other than medication. My brother spends a lot of time at tanning salons in the winter. You know, he has to deal with some precancerous skin issues, but he yeah. feels the trade-off is worth it. Tanning beds are an option, yes, but that would mean Spud would have to undress, and that presents one more problem for him to address. As his body dysmorphia causes him distress, bottom line, this guy is one big mess. No, thank you. I have seen the long-term effects of tanning beds myself. John mm-hmm. Boehner, and I will pass. Okay. All right? Okay. Hell no, you can't! I- I've tried to go out in the rain lately, though, and, like, throw the Frisbee around at the park. Uh-huh. You know, thinking it might help getting out in the fresh air, but it's hard to throw the Frisbee around by yourself, as no one else digs doing it in this weather. I it's, don't think it's going to happen. You know, it's a lot of walking chasing down a Frisbee. Well... If it would help, I'd be glad to go to the park and toss a Frisbee yeah. with you. You know, if I put on the proper rain gear, like rubbers, a waterproof hat, jacket, and gloves... You, you, I can... you don't even know how to throw a Frisbee. And well, you can't throw one with gloves on, let alone rubbers. I could learn. I had to pick up the I had to pick up the basics of playing catch with my oldest son a few years ago. He, How'd that go? He and his friends well, they made fun of me a bit, but I got pretty good at catching the ball. I'm still not great at throwing it back though. Yeah, right. Uh, no thanks anyway. But just don't. Yeah, no. Uh, well, okay, all right. I'm just trying to help. Yeah. Well, speaking of helping, could you please see if our next guest is ready to go on the phone? Oh yeah, let me check. It. Oh yeah, I'm being told yes. Your next guest. Bobcat Goldthwaite is good to go and ready to speak with you. Cool. You know, it's been many years since I spoke to him on my TV show. He's still doing stand-up now, but 
These days, he's a big-time director. You know, he set Jay Leno's desk on fire. Yeah. I, I didn't see it myself, but my wife saw it on YouTube and told me about it just to be on my toes, just in case. Uh, this is a radio show, and he's calling in, man. Hmm. I'm pretty sure that was a joke anyway, like performance art, though... You know, Jay probably didn't get it. But anyway, Bobcat is pretty fearless in his act, and I'm guessing he's burned out talking about that one, all right? So I'm not going to even bring it up. Oh. I have a lot of other stuff to go over with him. Okay. Well, listen, I'll text my wife and let her know she has nothing to worry about tonight. Yeah, you do that. All right. Well, just put Bob Bobcat on right now, please. Uh, hopefully he's not PO'd about being put on hold this long. Oh, Okie dokie. Okie dokie. Please say hello to comedian, actor, writer, and now very accomplished director, Bobcat Goldthwait. Uh, thanks for calling in tonight, man. You bet. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We screened it, but hey. You could have. You could have. Yeah. You could have. You could have screened this call. You could have said, "Is that is that Bobcat? I haven't talked to him in uh, ten years." Well, we, yeah, exactly. But uh, you know, Bobcat, we did speak. Uh, actually, it was like fifteen years ago uh, on my uh, TV show. And as we're speaking on the phone, I will cop to the fact that you know I may have lost a bit of hair since then, but the rest, you know, I I do have enough. I, I do have enough brain cells left to conduct this interview, so let's do this, all right? Um, okay. So let's talk about... Where did you lose the hair? Uh, just just you know, kind of a bi-weekly kind of thing, you know? Oh, not when, not when but uh, it's just in the traditional spot. and it, it, Not like you lost your hair in your armpits or something like that. Nah, be, nah. You know, I wish, I wish we could go bald there. I mean, there's no, there's a lot of wear and tear on your armpit hair, you know? You, you're swinging your arms around, but there's no reason for it to fall out of our head. Good point. Good point. All right. Um, well, let's talk a bit about your recent film, Call Me Lucky, that is now available on DVD and Blu-ray, a documentary about comedian and political activist Barry Crimmins. You know, you're a longtime friend of Barry, but so what moved you, though, to, to jump in and make this movie? Well, it's a, it's a movie that I originally wanted to make as a narrative with an actor playing Barry because the events of his life are pretty traumatic, and I didn't feel like doing a documentary where I'm asking him to open up old wounds, but but it just didn't feel like I was ever going to get that movie going. And, and I'd heard uh, Barry getting interviewed on, on Mark Maron's podcast, WPF, and also on Dana Gould's podcast, and I, and I thought, well, it seems like Barry would be able to handle this. But but honestly, the genesis of this documentary was, you know, Robin Williams was my talent, and uh and he suggested I do it as a documentary, and, and he actually gave me the initial money that started the, the, the filming of the movie. And that was not that long ago. It was in, the, it was the, in uh, February of, uh, of last year. Mm -hmm. So I made, I made the movie really quick, and then it went on to Sundance. Uh, uh, so the turnaround was pretty fast for me. Well, it's been warmly received. Let's, that's 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 a that's a fact. So, well, I gotta state this for the record. I remain a major fan of your fir first film, Shakes the Clown, as it had all the elements I look for in a movie: laughs, tears, and elder lust. You know, I, I feel Florence Henderson. <laughs> Seriously, uh, her short but memorable performance fueled millions of erotic dreams that continue to this day. So, the world's in your debt. That was a great film. Well, thanks. You know, what's funny is is that. Uh was great to work with. She was like, can I put a hickey on my boob? And I'm like, uh, well, it's not my Western oil contract flying out the window. Knock yourself out. But uh, we did a table read uh, of the movie uh, Shakes live in San Francisco about a year ago. And I was surprised, one, how many people came out. 
And 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 we didn't let people know that Florence was there. She just kind of walked out on stage and she got a standing O. So, yeah, so it was really cool. But, you know, Tom Kenny, who's the voice of SpongeBob, is yeah. the evil villain, uh, Binky, the cocaine-fueled uh, uh, villain of the piece. And I'm sure Nickelodeon's not too crazy about that. But he... he uh, he and I went to a screening, and there was people dressed up as the characters from Shakes and all this stuff. And in the middle of the movie, uh, uh, I, I, he goes, what is this movie about? And I go, I don't know, man. What the F were we thinking when we made this thing? Well, it was like that. It was like that. You never see that, that uh, Saturday Night Live sketch with William Shatner, and he's like, get a light. Like, we were like, oh, what is, why are these people here? <laughs> I'm not really good at promoting stuff. Well, uh, I, that I did not know that that the you know that you had you had done that and, and Florence was there. I, I was not aware of that. Wow, I'd, lo- I'd love to have been there. So anyway, um, well, I caught your prior film in 2013, Willow Creek, about Bigfoot, and I'm pretty sure they don't exist. But like you know, Noah's Ark, unicorns, and supply side economics. I like to believe in fairy tales. So was that, <laughs> was that a blast to do? It was. Uh... Yeah, you know it's funny you say that. Uh, making Willow Creek, uh, it's a it's a scary big movie, but making it was really the most fun I've ever had in making movies. And I've, and I've directed seven movies now, and that was the one where it was just like, you know, good friends, and we're out in the woods, and we went to where the Patterson Gimlin footage was shot uh, in the '67, the famous footage of Bigfoot walking away. So. Turns out, I realized that uh, I, I love the woods. I love being out out, out camping. I, it was uh, it was really fun. You caught all the uh, the kitschiness of uh, of uh, of the culture of that small little community really well. I thought in that film. Yeah, I don't know. I, I enjoyed it. So, um, well, thanks. I wasn't trying to like make fun of the folks that believe in Bigfoot. I, I wanted to uh, uh, make a movie that was scary but at the same time very human that was very pretentious sometimes now that I'm a director when I hear myself talk I, I would have to go punch me in the face if I if, that made- if I might interject here well, the, Spud, the-, uh, the family and I well we were camping at a state park in Orange County California <laughs> on a bi-yearly visit to Disneyland you know the rates are so high for motels in the area we just decided to rough it and sleep out under the stars but so anyway one night you we camped in Orange County um, yes and, and the second night we were there it was really late and I can remember some nearby campers were playing their rap music at a very high volume so I got out of my sleeping bag and I started to walk over to their site to ask if they could please turn it down when I saw it saw what I'm pretty sure it was a Sasquatch Uh, sure okay Uh, no I'm not a hundred percent positive but it had the size and the body hair to indicate it was probably not human Probably. Do you have any firm proof? Did you take any pictures? Or were there any other witnesses? That's what normal, rational people would ask. Everyone else in the family slept through it, but I'm almost positive it was a Sasquatch. I've read that they omit a strong odor, and I could clearly smell something in the air. I don't believe it, okay? It was probably some old hippie surfer dude. Next Uh, time you head to SoCal, spring for a motel room. It's much safer. Oh, we do love to camp, though, Spud. Yeah, maybe at Jellystone Park. I, I gotta get back to Bobcat here, so just keep any more stupid stories to yourself, okay? Well, fine. I, I just thought Bobcat would find my Sasquatch encounter interesting. Okay, cool. You thought? Well, you thought wrong. 
Hey, Bobcat, I'm back. I apologize for that. My blood sugar was low, and I had to, like, grab a Butterfinger. So anyway. Yeah, uh, sure, sure, great. Um, so you're very active uh, directing in television, as I was not aware of that way back in 2007. Uh, you, you directed Jimmy Kimmel Live. Did, did you find doing a live network TV and talk show constricting, or did you, did you dig it? Well, I really love that job. And when I and first started the show, it still was actually live. So the show was, you know, with a we had a little uh, delay so they could hit the sensor button. But outside of that, it was it was really intense and and fun. And uh, you know, now the show's not live, but uh, it's still. I guess do they still call it Jimmy Kimmel Live? Yeah, they probably do. I, they I mean, there is a live. I mean, there is a live audience, so I guess that counts. But, um, uh, yeah, Jimmy's been a really good friend and a, a, a big supporter of mine all through the years. So uh, it was really fun. It was weird. You know, I started doing comedy when I was a teenager. So I had a job bagging groceries, and I also was a janitor in my high school. But I, I really haven't had any jobs. So when I was at Kimmel, it was the first time I showed up every day to a place, and, and I had friends, and it was a little less uh, lonely and weird than, than the rest of my life. Right. Well, you also directed 11 episodes of Mark Marin's show on IFC in the first three seasons. I, I really like that show. What, what kind of production schedule do you get for each episode? Is it super fast or you get the time that you need? Yeah, it's really fast. We shoot uh, we shoot uh, two episodes in six days, which wow. usually, yeah, it, it's fast, but, but uh, I, I'm just I just uh, talked to Mark yesterday. I'm coming back. I'm going to direct some more for the next season. Uh, and I also, I directed, Mark's got a new comedy special coming out. And I, we shot that in Chicago, uh, and I directed that. I, I do a lot of directing of comedians, uh, you know, their, their, their stand-up shows. I just did Brian Persane's, and I'm going to do oh, Cameron wow. Esposito's. So I am uh, definitely a, a, a master of none. You know, I do do a lot of different jobs. Well, yeah. Well, let's let's touch for a second on your stand-up career. Uh, this one I want to—I was just curious about this one. How wild was it opening up for Nirvana back in their fall '93 tour? A, a good match for you, or was it Mission Impossible for a stand-up with music fans? Well, I, I didn't expect like I was gonna—you know—I'm gonna go out there tonight and I'm gonna blow this crowd away, and they're gonna forget that the, who they came to see. Uh, I, uh, you know, I met Kurt. Uh, he, he was a fan of my stand-up, so I met them on the road when I was in Ann Arbor and they had recorded Bleach and he had given me the CD. He, he wanted to meet me so he interviewed me on a college radio station. Believe it or not, that's how we became friends. Um, and I remember listening to the CD and going, wow, this is really good and rock sucks because these guys, you're never going to hear from them. You know? and, then, uh, and then a year later, I was touring with them, uh, uh, getting thrown, uh, having people throw M80s at me and uh, one night they successfully threw a kid out of the pit and hit me with him like I, I actually got hit with a, a person um, I repelled a nude from the roof of the Oakland Coliseum on, on New Year's Eve on that tour which which you know it's funny the interview is going to come full circle we're talking about being bald it's like I was completely naked and I had the in utero uh, uh, you know the, the, the angel wings yes. that are on the, yes. and, but but I still had a hat on. Like I didn't mind people seeing my my love handles or or my my junk. But I still was like, I don't know. I don't want people to know I'm bald. Well, that was fearless. All right, all right. Uh, well, you know, with your material now on tour, 
I know you touch a bit on politics. Do you, do you find the current uh, candidates running for the White House in 2016, they, they give you uh, abundant material maybe? Uh, they pretty much write themselves? Uh, their material writes itself? Or what do you think? At least on the GOP side. A little, you know, I mean, a little bit. But I mean, as, as, as you know, as, as Barry says, you know, the, 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 unfortunately, um, someone's going to win. Yeah. Uh, you know, someone, someone's going to get elected. Uh, I, I, uh, I, I, I'm a bit of an anarchist, so, so I'm almost like, yeah, bring this stuff on. You know, this, this, uh, this is really, uh, it, it is, it is, it is very insane. You know, I think, uh, you know, I, I, I think our country is, is not going to change too much until we, we get past the, us versus them mentality and and, 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 and you know the two party system is pretty silly you know um, it, 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 I, I act like a paranoid hippie now but it, it, it just keeps in line you know yeah, it does. You wonder why they always they picked uh, the number two and only two parties. I, you know, and yeah, I don't know, it's, it's interesting. I only pulled that out of their butt or something, and that's what we've gone with for many years. So, all right. Well, last question, Bobcat. Uh, what's been your most memorable moment in the comedy business to this date? A cliche question, yes, but that's who I am. So, you know, can you come up with one? Uh, geez, most memorable moment. Uh, what popped into my mind when you said that was. Uh, in the eighties, I did a set, and uh, Richard Pryor was in the audience, and, oh, and, uh, wow. and yeah, and and uh, he uh, he told me that he thought I was funny and stuff like that, and you know that was that's pretty mind blowing. You know, it's funny that yeah, it's not that cliche of a question because no one's asked me that, and that's the first time I I I, I went back and remembered that. I guess that I, I that was. That's, that was pretty nuts, you know. Um, that was pretty cool. Prior catching you a uh, lot, yeah, I would say that's something you'd never ever forget. Wow. All right. Well, I know you got stuff to do, so uh, I suggest everyone. I seriously suggest everyone check out his highly acclaimed new film, Call Me Lucky, now out on DVD and Blu-ray. Hey, I want to I want to thank you so much for taking the time to check in with me tonight. Okay. Thank you so much, Fred. All right, Mr. Bobcat Goldthwait. Say, wait a minute. You clowns are on dope. This is the Spud Goodman Show. What else is there, man? Once again, the gentleman of leisure. These are the bastards that say they're for democracy. These are the illegitimate reptiles of American society. Christ out of the wilderness, 
Our L high should pass after the pilgrimage. Spit the message on the mountain like Moses did. But they was only concerned with mere ignorance. Well, if I'm not the hottest rapper, I apologize. Chickens, chains, and coke, then you satisfied? See, I refuse to have my views become compromised. Or rappers lie and die to get immortalized. Chris is on a different level from your mind's reach. Travel back in time to sight, y'all, of calories. Sit back, take a seat, watch your boy teach. Learn to visualize words like a rhyme speech. Why glow with the quote? Let the grind speak. Put a schmuck in the camel clutch like Iron Sheik. Watch him sink while I'm barely reaching my peak. Let me explain to you all if your mind's weak. Simple and plain, I plain with your simple ass. The toughest spin end up suffering like sucker tash. Knock a rap off the spot like a sudden blast. If it ain't heat, then what I speak is mustard gas. Wish my enemy success, give them props So I can cut their nets when I catch them at the top stop But you already know what the business is I'm only here just to tell you who the realest is Can't take what's his, can't stop the smarts Check the stats, do the math, I can't ignore an art I rip a rack out the frame like a stolen art In the sea of shots, MCs will be ripped apart You speak soldier talk that's what the Nola lost. I won't accept the loss. That's what the Nola talk. I'm off the flowing chart. Over flood, Nola talk. You can die stunned in front of the crowd like Owen Hart. And that's a shame if you see it. Lanes try in vain to test the grain of a genius. I talk it like I be it and I be it cause I speak it. Even people that I beat with can't deny that I'm the meanest. But how you gonna stay cool? I'd rather stay calm. Will you feel they wish ill on your firstborn? Got it good though, I feel like the worst gone. Let the light of God stay on him. I'd rather pray for my foes instead of pray on them. And then he came, but the fact still remains that I'm on a different plane while they stuck your baggage claim. It's only through a storm that the mighty learn to rain. You can't kill the righteous cause we only rise again. So wave or why? Cause the cuts left the building. Only to come back resurrected as the real him. Yes! Yes! We are GOL, gentlemen of leisure. Hey, that's a mighty fine-looking suit, mister. You like it? Uh-huh. Fits you beautifully, and it does things for you. Where'd you get it? Well, uh... Ah, never mind. You don't have to tell me. There's only one place you could get a suit like that, and that's important. Hey, bud! Hey, bud! Hey, bud, just a minute. What? Take a look at your shoes. Why? That's important. Why? Everybody else does. Is that so? You don't have to tell me. There's only one place you could get a shoes like that. Is that so? Yeah, and remember. Well, uh... Ah. Why? Well, uh... Why? Ah. Ahoy there! Just when I'm late for work, too. Ho, ho, ho. We're glad to spend our dough. I'll say so. Why? And I'm a telling you, pal, and I'm a telling you, pal, just like that. Hey, that's a mighty fine looking suit, mister. You like it? Better get a new one today. Well, uh... Take a look at your shoes, if they're run down from heel to toe. Here's the place for you to go. And that's important. It's just my luck. Just when I'm late for work, too. Ho, ho, ho. We're glad to spend our dough. Just like that. Just like that. Just like, just like, just like that. I'll say so. Ahoy there! 
hey, it's your man JB Smooth. When I have nothing to do, better with my time, I hang on my boy, Spud Goodman. That's my boy. Although I don't know him, I don't give a damn about him. But just, just for the hell of it, tune into him, listen to him, okay? I, I can't guarantee anything. Hey, uh, Spud, yeah. we do have a call holding for you. Do you want to take it? It's not anyone famous because I don't recognize the name. Yeah, but you wouldn't recognize the name of anyone in the entertainment business well, except for maybe the cast from CSI or NCIS or maybe Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. Is that uh, still on? No, no, no. That got canceled many years ago. So uh, do you want me to put the call through? Uh, yeah, might as well. We, we have a bit of time here. Carl, are you there? Uh, yeah, yeah. I've been on hold for like eight and a half minutes. Well, not that I have anything better to do tonight, because if I did, I, I, I wouldn't be calling in. Hey, so you were talking about that seasonal affective disorder. Yeah. You no, know, I suffer from that too. Yeah, I first noticed it when I was in junior high, and well, I. Hey, hey I, I got to be honest with you. Talking to other depressed people about being depressed is a real downer. I, I was kind of hoping you might be calling in about something that would put a little pep in my step. You know. Hey, yes. look, you know, if, if I was able to just change the mood of someone just by saying something to him or something, don't you think I would have started with me with for myself? Uh, he's got a good point there, Spud. Yeah, okay, fine, caller. Can I help you, though? I mean, there's got to be some reason why you're calling. Can I help you with something? Do, do you want me to talk you out of your seasonal affective disorder? I can try, but, you know, to be honest with you, the more I think about this thing, the only thing that can re really help people like us, I guess, is maybe disrupt the Earth's axis and suddenly make it summertime here right now. I could email, you know, Neil deGrasse Tyson and, and ask him if something could be done, you know, but he gets like a million fan letters a day, so I doubt he's going to answer me, even if I did say your life was depending on getting the weather to change immediately. Well, you know, I already emailed him a few months ago, and I haven't heard a word from him. Yeah, all right. You know, I talk to my therapist about this every session. When this time of year rolls around, and all she can say is just, just give it time, and it will be sunny around here again. Well, you know, uh, your, your therapist is correct, caller. I mean, spring training is just around the corner. You know. Well, you know, seriously. Yeah, I suppose, but you know, I can't just afford to fly anywhere in the world to watch baseball players, man. I mean. Some, you know, I got to say, something I've tried the last couple of years that seems to help me a little bit, you know, that I called to tell you, try putting up aluminum foil on all your windows. You know, yeah, yeah it, it blocks out the light and all, but it's, it's just the dark and gloomy light it blocks out. So that's a plus for me. I, I usually take it down like around Easter. What the hell, yo? That's not a bad idea, caller. You know, I'll see how much tinfoil I have at my apartment. Uh, Spud, don't oh, you thanks. think don't you think your neighbors will be alarmed? I mean, they already have their suspicions about you. Oh yeah, yeah, you know that can happen. My yeah. neighbors did call the cops. They told me I had to keep at least one window uncovered. So I took it off the bathroom window, as I find that is the most comforting room in that in my house. Okay, you know, now that I think of it, though, I don't even have any of that, uh, you know, that that stuff. I use cling wrap. I don't have any. Yeah, I can't. I just, I, it's not going to work for me. But anyway, thanks for calling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you for reaching out and sharing your experience with this disorder. Well, you know, like I said, I didn't have anything else to do. I'm just sitting here in the bathroom killing time anyway. All right, goodbye. Yeah, later. That was, that was really special. Well, say, you know, Spud, I was thinking more and more about your situation. 
Did you realize that your listeners at our stations in Texas, California, and Florida that carry the show probably have no idea what you are now going through as they're blessed with sunshine 365 days a year? Well, what are you trying to do? Make me resent them or something? I mean, I could do that if, if it's going to help me with this thing, I guess. No, no, no. But something to consider is maybe moving to a part of the country that has a climate that would not cause you to suffer this affliction would be uh, a good idea. I don't really think it's an affliction, really. I mean, that's sounds pretty serious. I mean, not, I'm not, I don't know a whole lot about it, but this thing is not going to kill me or anything. I'm pretty sure of that now. And I, I don't know about moving to a sunny place. I've never lived in anywhere other than the gloomy, damp Northwest my whole life. Well, who knows? It, you know, it could unlock a totally new Spud Goodman, free of the demons that you seem to carry around with you. A fresh start might do wonders for you. Yeah, but if I lived in some place where it was always the same weather every day, like 78 and sunny, yeah. I wouldn't have anything to complain about, man. And that's just not healthy for anyone. Well, y you won't know for sure, Spud, until you give it a try. Listen, fear limits us from experiencing true happiness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, If I did move away, don't tell me. You would be willing to step up and carry on with the show, right? Now oh, I'm getting it. Uh, well, but listen, if need be, yes, oh, I, yeah, okay. I would be open to that possibility. Yeah. Everyone around here is aware that Gerald Holcomb is a team player. Gerald, if Shakespeare wrote a play about this show, you would be the backstabbing villain, you know, because your lust for fame makes you just another airtime ho. Yeah, you know, I would rather swallow a case of those pills that cause four-hour erections than turn the show over to you or any other wannabe. Well, nope, not going to happen. End of discussion. But you could possibly find true happiness and finally rid yourself from the inner rage that seems to overtake you at times. I'm not just saying maybe give it a shot here. It's just something to give thought to. Uh, I think I just figured out that without my seasonal affective disorder, uh, and that's what you call it, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, well then I would be like really depressed and I don't know and bitching about stuff is a big part of who I am <laughs> you know and so we're just going to move on here as I need to wrap things up here all right I'm all not right. letting well, go of if it if that's how you feel it's part of my DNA all right. all right all right so I am Spud Goodman be all that you can be and I mean that God bless and ciao well, uh, hey, Spud, will you let me know if you want to go to the park sometime and play a little catch? The uh, rain, uh, rain doesn't bother me much, and I can roll the ball back to you. Yeah, super. The Spud Goodman Radio Show is written and directed by Spud Goodman. Executive producer, Lori Madsen. Produced by David Brenneman of Rosedale Audio Productions. Original music by Michael Spots and Tom Harmon. Video director, T.J. Pites. On-air talent, Rob McGee, Annie Coleman, and Tom Nolan. Production assistants, Trent Botello and Carrie Coleman. Spud's Greek chorus is The Folk Singers in Hell. Live music production and broadcast engineering by Mike Renville at the facilities of NWCZ Radio. Promotional services and support provided by Big Freak Media, Seattle's only rock and roll publicist. Opinions expressed on this show do not reflect those of the station, the sponsors, or any living person except Spud Goodman. Copyright 2015 Spud Goodman Productions. David Brenneman speaking.
tuned for an eclectic mix of music. Stay tuned for captivating talk. Stay tuned for insightful analysis of The Spud Goodman Show. Stay tuned for The Spud Goodman Post-Show Report. Here is your host, Lawrence. Hello, hello, hello. My name is Lawrence, and I'm going to be your host for tonight's Spud Goodman Post-Show Report. And with me, we got a special co-host. I'm talking about the former host of the Post Show Report. That's Ivy Quinn. Hey. Hey, Ivy. How you doing tonight? All right. And uh, she's going to be sitting in for our regular co-host, Gina, because, you know, I got an email from Gina, and she said that she was going to be out a couple weeks. She's doing, like, some following that, you know, that insane clown posse that she likes to, she's all about. She's, apparently, she's somewhere in the Midwest following them out on the road. That's bad news, man. It, it could be for her. She, she's not careful. Not. But, you know, I got to say, I don't know if uh, if they're actually performing somewhere or if she's just kind of following them around, you know, as they do their, their daily lives, like shopping and groceries and all that. Now, Super. I, I'm going to email her back. I'm going to find out because I, I want to know for sure. So, hey, but Ivy, we really appreciate you stepping up and filling in, you know, yeah, here in the show. Because we got no one else who can fill the role the way you can. You oh, know the job. Thank you, Lawrence. Um, I, I'm pretty, pretty, pretty busy these days, but I was excited once I knew I was able to make tonight work. I do miss almost everything about the show except for one or two things that are still an issue. Yeah, I know what you're talking about, but let me tell you this. I'm, I'm going to make sure that Derek is kept under control okay. and that he doesn't become this disruptive presence in the house. Here. Super. Thank Super. you. I mean, it's nothing personal, Derek. I mean, you're not a terrible person. I just don't yeah. consider huh. you a team player. Okay, okay. Okay. First of all, first of all, am I going to get a formal introduction here? And secondly, I would like to politely disagree that there was any need to bring in a guest co-host as I could fill that role in my sleep. Yeah. <laughs> now, like I would like to me. respond to the personal attacks by Ivy, if I could. Um, Lawrence, I believe that... Lawrence, Yo, what's that? It, it was my experience hosting this show that nothing good can come from allowing fringe staff members to dominate the conversation. That's right. I've listened in the last few weeks, and I'll be honest, it was disturbing to hear such right-wing garbage from a hey. guy who just used to do the highlights I here. Happened. Mm. I, I'm not saying that anything. Not super. Physical needs to be done, but uh, you may have to assert yourself in taking control of this show. Well, you know, I hear you. I like to do that, but you know, we got that memo from my executive producer, oh. who, by the way, is definitely listening to this show right now, and she's the one who said that the show needed this conservative voice and all that, so that we could be fair and balanced. Which was long overdue, in my opinion. I personally fair feel and that balanced. Yeah, no. Jeez, where have I heard that before? Anyway, I didn't get that memo, so I have your back. Should the need arise for him to be removed from the studio, I hope it doesn't come to that. But if so, I am more than capable of handling okay. it. Okay, all right, super. Just saying. Well, I appreciate. It. Thank you, Ivy. Mm -hmm. You know, we we'll, maybe we'll talk a little bit further when uh, when we go to the music here in a minute. But you know, before we do that. I got to acknowledge the panel. We got Dave on the soundboard. Hey, Dave, how you doing? It is a pleasure to be here, as usual, Lawrence, and it's great to see Ivy back in the studio. I know, Hi. Ivy's back. And we got Mike. Mike, he's our engineer tonight. How you doing, Mike? I'm doing great, as always. All right. And, of course, we got our production assistants. We got one ex-college uh, intern. That's Trent. Derek, where's the 10 bucks you owe me? 
Ooh, that, well, you, um, you, that, you know how that goes with these conservatives. Yeah, that is not oh, and then we got Carrie. She is our current intern from Pierce College here. Hey, Carrie, how you doing? I'm good, and I stole the $10. Oh, see, mystery solved there. Super. All right, well, we appreciate you too, but we're going to do some music here. All right, we're going to start. Uh, we're going to do the program. We're going to do a song from still maybe the whitest man in America, Pat Boone, and his cover of the Metallica tune, if you can imagine that. Enter the Sandman, then. Then we have something from a band from Austin, Texas, 100 Visions, titled, You're Gonna Cut Me Loose. Hey, Dave, will you hit play? Say your prayers, little one Don't forget my son To include everyone I tuck you in warm within Keep you free from sin Till the Sandman he comes Sleep with one eye open Gripping your pillow tight Exit light Enter Never, never land Something's wrong, shut the light Heavy thoughts tonight And they aren't as white Dreams of war, dreams of liars Dreams of dragons, fire And the things that will bite Gripping your pillow tight Exit light Enter night Rain of sand We're off the never, never land Yeah. 
All right, all right. We're back in the house here and say hello to our musical guest here, the gentleman of leisure. And they're still with us here in the house. Hey, you know, my listeners know this because I've told them about this because I was many, many years ago as a man born with some natural talents as an artist. I kind of made a bad decision, you know, got me in some trouble doing a little art forgery and I got locked up here. But, you know, I learned a lot about group dynamics and stuff like that. So, so I want to ask you guys here, you know, did you also suffer with group dynamics or did you do any time? You see, my producer, or my, or my, your manager told me that none of you ever even had so much as a parking ticket. Now, is that straight? Because, you um, know. Um, Sphinx got me arrested when I was a kid. Oh, you can so you bring that up? Yeah, I'm bringing that up. I'm bringing wow. it up. Yeah, he this was like, really hey, you should do this. He gave me a great idea. That idea resulted in an arrest. Well, we live in a dangerous <laughs> neighborhood, man. Yeah, sure. Yeah, the bad. forces kind of pull you that way, don't they? Yeah, yeah. you know. I'm not yeah. mad at him anymore. Yeah. It's, but I was. It's all in the past. No, you're just right? vindictive now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let the hate flow through you. And, and just in <laughs> Super. case anybody from before didn't hear, can you guys reintroduce yourselves? Absolutely. Um, I'm Chris Blunt, uh, vocalist. Go ahead. I'm Gary Lapierre. I'm playing guitar. I'm Sphinx Akasha Duncan. I am a vocalist and guitarist. And I love Aquafresh. <laughs> That's right. All right. I am Ramon Foley. I am a producer. I'm um, James. I am drums and production as well. And, and Chris and, preferred and Colgate. And Sphinx, you yes. preferred uh, Arm and Hammer, That's right? That's correct. A little baking soda also, action. That's right. Also, it should not be uh, forgotten that our friend Paul Krause uh, he's actually in the group. He's a vocalist as well. He's not here. Do you see him right now, Chris? I see him in my heart. Okay. All right. Oh, yeah. Super. So, so we got to give him out so to Paul. That is, that is the, yeah. But he's not telling you to hurt yourself or others. Not anymore. Okay. Not anymore. He's not today, vindictive. At least. He's vindictive as well. Okay. But uh, yes. 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 <laughs> all right. So now, now but I got to ask you all this now. Because you got the name Gentleman of Leisure. You know, I, I get the gentleman part of that for mm -hmm. sure. But, you know, you guys are like the most suave band that we've ever had on here. But, you know, now the leisure here. Now, you, when you perform, are you really that laid back? Uh, like swanked in velvet. It's a play on. It's, it's uh, meant to be ironic. Uh, so, no, we're not that laid back. All right. No, we're I not like that laid back. Well, I try to be. It's uh, just, yeah. you know. It just difficult. doesn't work. Yeah, you just can't I'm feel the whole laser mode. Gentleman leisure is that your goal? We, we, our goal is to be leisurely. <laughs> Victor Newman is my uncle. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. Yes. All right. So now, oh yeah, yeah. I gotta ask you. You know, do you guys uh, have any ground rules for you know how you handle the female fans? Because you know, I'm I'm looking at uh, the guys, the, the security that you got here. I don't know how they're gonna get through that wall right yeah. there. Um, mainly never look James in the eye. I think that's a big thing. Um, and <laughs> I'm just doing it because James is quiet and that, uh -huh. I, I like messing with James. So, <laughs> no, nah, there's none. There's none. I think everybody's welcome to fans. And if, if not, uh, we usually run. We're, we're shy anyway. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. So they'll, they'll find their way through if they really want they to. They will. Sounds they like. will. Yeah. You know I'm, how they are. I'm pretty sure our friends uh, handle all that. Yeah. And, yeah. Yes. Yes. That's good friends right good, there. Yes, that's right. <laughs> yes. So, so regarding the last song, mm -hmm. um, we'd love to know what the name of it is. And um, we'd also like to know like the storyline behind it. Is it autobiographical, a late night dream, <laughs> something you came up with in a minute or two? 
Yeah, yeah. Let, let's go with that. All right. So, um, <laughs> so one night you were having a late night dream, was, and all right. So it was about yourself. We decided we, we were like we we wanted to play more than one song, so we were like we're gonna do a verse of this song and a verse of this song. So um, we decided to do this song called "Waiting," which is on my album "I Win." Um, and that's a that's a fun song. And then we decide to blend into something that's going to be on the Gentleman Leisure album, uh, which is called Viva Paris Lotto. Um, I waiting is pretty much just a autobiographical um, short about me and why I started rapping. Okay. So it's pretty pretty simple and easy and innocent. And then there's Viva Paris Lotto, which mm-hmm. loosely translates to Long Live Side Chicks. And so Super. that is a great song about pretty much um, cursing a woman, um, getting with women and. And explaining the rules of dating. All right. From a nice. mistress's perspective. <laughs> well, let's hear that. <laughs> All right, everybody. The, the gentleman of leisure. All right, let's do it. Yeah. That's how you got to answer that calling. All right. Coming home from knowledge just to hook back up with my crew. Came a long way from pushing carts in high school. Sun's at his tentacle now, so call him high noon. And it came right on time. You know I got you. Got sick and tired of standing in line for my cue. So I took time to work on making these rhymes move. Cause they got a lot of rappers on their ground too. So I had to be different just to shine through. I was in the hood hustling just like you. But I did it in my way from a different view. While you was in the streets making all the pack moves. I was in my room crafting out these rap tunes. I ain't assimilated to them. It was bad news. Cause I heard from Gwendolyn what happens when you dash shoes. Lessons from the lost ones, how I came to be. I learned to be, I had to be the change I wanna see. Uh, somebody told me I was taking long. Sorry, but I never noticed that the time is gone. Somebody said they want that real rap. So don't worry, don't worry, I'ma bring the feel back. Alright, let's switch it up. Lotto. Girl, pick up with those bottles. Thank you, just hit that lotto. First things first, do you really? Cool, so here's some rules you might follow. Don't brag to friends and never ask for ends. I won't say I love you, even then pretend it don't scream too loud. The world's hollow. Hell no, you're not for significant. My business is my business, and that game is ridiculous. So it might work out to your benefit. Only go to places I know about. No so it's late night telly's all your house. No and it's a PSA. I hate PDA. So let me hold the hands and we go out. I don't Facebook. I don't retweet. And if you text me late, I press delete. I keep it on the cool whenever we speak. Keep it cultural whenever we meet. And keep it cultural that you know what they Keep condoms on me. That don't change. Cause uh-huh. disease is out and I ain't about having random kids I can't explain. So come on, let me get that out you. I just wanna show you how to sound you. Promise that I'm never gonna out you. I just wanna know what that mouth do. Cause we in the moon and you're in it too. And we in cahoots of this stuff. And we can both get off and we just play our parts and then they know our hearts that we good. Deal. Paris Lotto. Paris Lotto. Paris Lotto. Paris Lotto. Let's get it in. Viva Paris Lotto. Viva Paris Lotto. Viva Paris Lotto. Viva Paris Lotto. Go.
Thank you. This is the Spud Goodman Post Show Report. All right, Derek. Derek, we we know what you're here to do. One of the one of the many things I'm here to do. Well, one one of the things you're here to do. The one thing you're here to do. So yeah. what, what, what are you going to do first? This one comes from the Eric Braden interview, and if you don't know, he's the star, one of the stars on Young and the Restless. Uh, I only remember that because when I would stay home sick from school, a lot of the time my mom would watch that, and there, it's really that or The Price is Right oh. that you're watching when you stay home sick from school. Anyway, in this clip, he talks about the hardships of daytime television. All right, super. Well, this is a question I ask most actors in film and TV. How are the uh, craft services on your show, The Young and the Restless? Say, compared to a nighttime network drama or sitcom, do they serve decent food? Almost, almost. The craft service is almost non-existent. Uh, in daytime, they cut corners left and right to trim the budget, wow. you know. Uh, they always find new ways to trim it, so no craft services. That is no. not this super. Is, is, I'm telling you, it is the hardest medium in this town, period. Dang, it sounds like boot camp. Uh, I'm, I'm telling you, it's tough. Wow. Most nighttime film actors were shit in their hands if they came on and then had to face 20 or 30 pages and do them one or two takes. Do you kind of look down your nose a little bit on those prima donnas working at night? Because, my gosh. Oh, yeah. totally. Yeah. No, they have no clue. They have no clue. Yeah. And there's a, there's a certain condescension in, in nighttime or film business towards daytime. People have no clue what that is all about. They, they really don't know. We shoot, listen to this, we do at least 80 pages a day, eight zero a day, right? And we often do 100, 120 pages a day. A nighttime TV series on average does between eight and 12 pages a day. A film like Titanic did one, two, three pages a day, okay? We do 80 at least a day, day in, day out. Do you know what that means for the crew? It's just extraordinary. Yeah, they have no family yeah. life. <laughs> Dang. Wow. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, of course, prior to you You know they make it sound like they got it tough there. We Remember that box of wheat thins that was here that was half eaten? Yeah. That That's all we get around here. That's like, I don't even remember like if we've gotten anything since that box. I know. I Super. didn't get any wheat, wheat thins. No, we didn't. You guys got wheat thins? Yeah. Well, there was three wheat thins in the bottom of the box, and somebody spilled a Pepsi in there, so they were soaking wet. That's all we got. Remember that, Derek? And you and I were fighting over that one week, soggy week then? Yeah. I think Dave ate it, too. Mm-hmm. The thing is that I 80... I was stuck with some stale saltines that I, I found in a desk here. He hoarded them. What? I would have loved to have stale saltines, no, There were only two. Oh, see? That's where they went. Yeah. The, now, we, now we know the, who to blame for that. Mm-hmm. Somebody needs to bring in a, like a box of Tic Tacs. Just a little... I'll take three Tic Tacs. I'm so hungry right now. Don't be so greedy, man. No, jeez. Oh, who's talking about greedy, Mister? Oh, three uh-oh. Tic Tacs. Oh, okay. All so right, this, super. This, you know this man. I believe greedy. two is a serving size, so three. Th- that's a meal right there. Yeah. You know what? Let's do some more music here. We're gonna lead off with the Beatles, and they got their cover of Buddy Holly's "Words of Love." You know they did a lot of studio recordings of Buddy Holly's work. You know. And after that, we have a mashup of the Fab Four and the Beastie Boys from a project called The Beastles, titled Building My Life. So let's do it. Hold me close and tell me how you feel. Tell me love is real. 
love you Whisper soft and true Darling, I love you I love you more. 
and better than I could have possibly imagined. Stay tuned for more of the Spud Goodman Post Show Report. Welcome back to the Spud Goodman Post Show Report. Yeah, anyway, Lawrence, you're doing such a great job leading this show. And oh, thank you. Hey, you know, it's hey uh, excuse me, but I believe this is my designated time per the directive by our executive producer, wow. Miss oh, Lori Madsen. Uh, so tonight I wanted to discuss the need to once and for all repeal Obamacare. Oh the God. time has come to put no. a stake through the heart of this horrible no. piece of legislation, mm -mm. and I would propose Congress now no. immediately. No, no, you're trying to be funny here, right, Derek? Come on, man. No. How, how many times have Republicans try to repeal this health care Not enough. That we got? Uh, I believe yeah. the total as I speak is now at 52 or is it 53 now? I mean, sure, Derek, keep the dream alive. It's I not will. like there are other pressing issues in this country. Yeah. Next November during the presidential election when people actually get off the couch and vote, prepare for an answer to your party's never-ending temper tantrum. Super, super. Face it. The law is not perfect, but a heck of a lot of people rely on it for health care, and, and people will be voting for it now. So, um, yeah, be sure to keep up that fight. Knock mm. yourself out. Yeah, more liberal misinformation. Ugh. Okay, Obamacare, number one, is unconstitutional. This is what Let's start with. there. If it's allowed to stand, oh what God. next? Mandatory government uniforms for us yep. all? I this is mind. absolutely... No, 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 let me tell you something about my niece. She has to wear a school uniform at her middle school, and she says she likes it. Because it saves her time in the morning, you know, figuring out what she's got to wear. Look, super. Republicans tried to scare Americans with the death panel angle. The, it will bankrupt this country. And, oh yeah, the, it destroys millions of jobs. That was a big one. So let's see, no death panels. The federal deficit has been reduced significantly. The CBO says this year's deficit will be $506 billion. In 2013, it was $680 80 billion. So that is a big reduction. And that jobs killer lie has gone up in smoke. Like, how about an unemployment rate of 5% and heading downward after being handed 7.8% when Bush left this country in shambles? Bam. I tells you, shambles. You know what? You could have dropped that mic just now. I'm telling you, game, I would set, never, and match. I would never treat electronic equipment like that. You know what? Oh, Those man. numbers are part of the Super. liberal brainwashing operation still going strong each day from the lamestream media. I can tell you Obamacare is destroying this country. Uh, that, millions that, and millions of Americans have lost their jobs yep. because of it, and it's bankrupting America, too. Barack Hussein Obama is the biggest spending president in history. He yeah, has you know, driven... Like, you know, actually, he's not the biggest uh, spending president in history. He's fucking even close to that. He is actually number 10 on the presidential spending list. I just Googled Preach. it when you were first opened your mouth there, Derek. I just took only a second to Google that. And PolitiFact stated that his overall spending increased 1.4% annually Boom. since taking office in 2009. And All that's right, compared super. to Bush's 10.49% higher from Bush. 
Thank God for actual facts. Who's facts? You're I've read champion. with my own two eyes on Breitbart.com, uh. verified proof that Obama is the biggest spender ever. Number one, it was on their website, and it's a very popular website. So it must uh, be true. I, I, you know what? Let's just move along here. How about some more music? I agree. That's a good call. All right. All right. We're going to start off with something from the... from. Uh, we're going to go back with uh, Richard Cheese. He's going to do a, uh, a cover of Radiohead's Creep. And then we have a song from a band from Memphis, Tennessee, The Heavy Eyes with One Hand on the Buffalo. Yeah. Time out for Derek. Where's the other hand? You know, folks, I was talking with my honey the other day, my Pablo honey. I said to her, I said, Pablo honey, I said, I said, you go to my head, my radio head. Okay, computer. When you were here before, I couldn't look you in the eye. You're just like an angel. Your skin makes me cry. You float like a feather in a beautiful world. I wish I was special. You're so freaking special. But I'm a creep. I'm a weirdo. What the heck am I doing here? I don't belong here. No, 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 no. Whatever makes you happy, whatever you want, you're so very special. I'll have that special. But I'm a creep, I'm a weirdo. What the heck am I doing here? I don't belong here. I'm a creep, I'm a nut job. What the hell am I doing here? I don't belong here. I don't belong here. A pig in a cage on antibiotics. Thank you.
The Spud Goodman Post Show Report. Oh, I finally got my composure after that last conversation. Yeah, I had to cool down a little. It did. You straight, Derek? You straight? Highlights I'm, only, Derek. I'm good. I've still got a whole another page and Highlights a half. only, Derek. <sighs> yeah, Fine. Stick to the script. So our next highlight comes from the interview with Bobcat Goldwaite talking about uh, when he opened up for Nirvana back in 1993. You know, I do do a lot of different jobs. Well, yeah. Well, let's let's touch for a second on your stand-up career. Uh, this one, I want to. I, I was just curious about this one. How wild was it opening up for Nirvana back in their fall '93 tour? A, a good match for you, or was it Mission Impossible for a stand-up with music fans? Well, I, I didn't expect like I was gonna. You know, I'm gonna go out there tonight and I'm gonna blow this crowd away. And they're gonna forget that the who they came to see. Uh, I, uh, you know, I met Kurt. Uh, he, he was a fan of my stand-up, so I met them on the road when I was in Ann Arbor, and they had recorded Bleach, and he had given me the CD. He, he wanted to meet me, so he interviewed me on a college radio station. Believe it or not, that's how we became friends. Um, that was a, I didn't know he opened up for Nirvana. Yeah. Wow. Apparently, that's been a thing for a while, and I know that, uh, well, you know, speaking of such things uh icp actually at their gatherings i've heard they have comedians out there too so oh, comedy and music and uh, i know at that um what's it the big liberal hippie festival I that super. we do in seattle oh yeah uh bumbershoot yeah. they have a lot of music and comedy going i, I on think it's there. nice to be able to receive an entire evening of culture you know hit hit the different angles of the arts yeah yeah, it's nice to get a kind of a nice diverse spread. I know that's poison toxic words for you. Sure. You know what? I know we better we better be rolling on here. Yeah, uh, we got a couple of songs more we're gonna play here. We're gonna do a, a, a great band here now based in Athens, Georgia, the Drive By Truckers, and their song "The Fourth Night of My Drinking." And then we'll have the Kinks with "I Gotta Move." <laughs>
cap and comb my hair. Gotta move, gotta move, gotta move, gotta move. All my life I've had to move. Always fail to stay in school. I'm down the very a moment here uh you know and i think maybe i uh you know i could probably bring derek in again to do spout off you know or something like that are you are you serious right now can i don't do it i've still got a page and a half of stuff we can go through don't um you know my bad judgment to, uh, to no, hold wait, of me all no of a sudden. so the second uh, you know, the second point my music yeah. yeah that's a really good idea come on I'm you guys 100 behind that yes. you can't do that to me all right all right well you know the, here's what we need to do we need to support music we're going to start with uh, the romantics running away and uh, please, Dave, hit play before this guy opens his mouth.
she had a thirst for Britain Say if from the UK she would be smitten That's why I Caught her eye I said I'm a British bloke and I'm called Paul She laughed and said well aren't they all? I said no She didn't believe me though Then she said I wanna live with British people I wanna do what British people do Wanna email British people I wanna email British people like you Or what else could I do? I said, okay, I'll email you To the free teens chat room It could just as well Have been that room there As anywhere I saw that she'd been put on cuddles I gave her auto ops She gave me huggles Oh yeah And said Britain's great I want to live there And I said are you sure You want to live with British people See the thing with British people Is that they're really not all that great, you know But she didn't seem to mind And she just laughed and went offline Drink that every yun all day To win a trip to the UK Come over here when you leave school With no real plans at all at first you'll think that it's alright But then you'll be in for a fright When you realise Brits have failings And in actual fact we're no better than Australians You'll be let down by British people Be let down by everything they do They won't meet your expectations They won't be the way you want them to Cause all the things you think are untrue We're really all no better than you Come on! Sing along with the British people Sing along with the Oasis and the Who along with the British people Laugh along even when they're laughing at you Cause all the things you think are untrue We're really all no better than you You're listening to the Spud Goodman Post Show Report with your host Lawrence and co-host Ivy. And you just heard British People by Pulp. 
All right, you know, and we're kind of wrapping up here, so I'm going to make this quick here. Ivy Quinn, I got to thank you so much for coming in and helping out tonight. Oh, really sure. appreciate it. You know, the presence of a woman on the show, it's just a must say, and I, I spent way too much time, you know, behind bars and the company of all dudes and stuff like that. So a woman's presence on the show, really nice. Super. Oh, f- breath of fresh air. Thank you. You are very sweet, and I have to tell you, it was my pleasure. I'd be willing to come back, but uh, you guys really need to reel in Derek here. Uh a little bit goes a long way. It's okay. We've been I trying. know that I threaten those who fear knowledge. You know, you you threaten more than just knowledge. You threaten those who just, oh, oh. You threaten just kind of a, a sensible, sane way of looking at the world. I think you know not what that word means. Sensible and sane? No, I, knowledge. Derek, I, not I, you, hey, man. I, I know. Mm, you know what? I better, I better thank the panel here. I got to thank Dave. Dave on the soundboard. It has been a pleasure. It's always to be here, Lawrence, to be here with you and and Ivy and all of the members of the tech staff here. It's just been a, a wonderful. Oh, and the uh, and that uh, clip guy. Oh, and the clip guy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. We got Mike, our engineer. Thank you, and well done. A nice job. Thanks, my man. I appreciate it. And of course, we've got our, our two production in assistants. We got Trent and Carrie. Derek, you one week to give me my money. Uh, quit trying to mooch off me. <laughs> Thanks. It's been fun. Oh, and what else we got going here? We, we have a, a brand new um, intern, and, and we'd like him to say hi. His name's Mike? Yes, it's Mike. I didn't know if you preferred Michael or Mike. Um, Either or. Most people call me Michael. Okay. Super. All right. Well, Michael, it's nice to have you in the house. We and appreciate thank you. all you do here. And um, like I told you on the break, be strong, Lawrence, and don't let others distract you from doing your job. Remember, as the host, you have total control, so no need to enable those who don't have your best interests at heart. All right. Well, I appreciate your support, Ivy. You you understand the, the pressures of hosting this show. You know, sometimes I want to go to my happy place from all the stress, I got to tell you. Where is your happy place? You know, I like to hang out at laundromats, to be honest with you. It gives me this sense of peace and, you know. I wish hey, I could tell you why. Hey I guys, don't know uh, why. I, I have a happy place too. So until next week, good night, everybody. Yeah, good night, everybody. Thank you. <sighs> Derek out again. The Spud Goodman Post Show Report is written and directed by Spud Goodman, executive producer Lori Madsen, produced by David Brenneman of Rosedale Audio Productions, associate producer David Deer, on-air talent Annie Coleman and Derek Schneider, live music production and broadcast engineering by Mike Renville at the facilities of NWCZ Radio, production assistants Trent Botello and Carrie Coleman, Theme music composed and performed by Brian J. Martin. Promotional services and support provided by Big Freak Media, Seattle's only rock and roll publicists. Copyright 2015 Spud Goodman Productions. David Brenneman speaking. <laughs>